Welcome to Fluctuating Tides, the podcast, episode three. I'm your host, Some Coding Guy, and let's get right to it. This week, I'm going to be analyzing Unity software, ticker U, as in, well, just the letter U. A game engine heavyweight with a $38 billion market cap that grew up with casual games to become a full-service software powerhouse handling everything from simulation to gamer analytics. Unity spiked a lot in popularity during the pandemic when they IPO'd last year. And while the stock isn't cheap, they look like an emerging leader in gaming for at least the next decade. For this week's knowledge segment, I want to talk about IPOs and insiders from an investor's perspective, since I'm not a lawyer. What's an IPO? Just in case you're unfamiliar with it, an initial public offering, or IPO, is a way that a company can raise money by selling some of their stock to the public for cash, usually so that they can use that cash to expand faster. There's a lot of details to this, but that's the short version. Insiders get their name because they typically have inside knowledge of what's going on at a company, which may materially affect what happens to a stock. Your executive management team and board of directors will usually be insiders during the normal course of business, since they tend to make decisions on major events that'll later be told to the public. Where this occasionally gets people into trouble is when they trade on that information before the public has access to it. There's some common techniques to avoiding this sort of thing, such as a 10b5-1 plan or a blind trust, so that the insiders are no longer directly controlling their trades in the company. The 10b5-1 uses regular sales or buys on a predetermined schedule, while the blind trust involves getting a trusted third party to do the trading on the insider's behalf. In the case of Unity, there's a lot of insider sales activity going on. Now normally when I see a lot of insiders dumping a stock, I stay far away from it, so I focused in on that right away before looking at anything else. In this case, Unity had just done an IPO late last year after being in business for nearly 20 years, and there were a lot of rounds of funding that happened before the IPO to get there. Pre-IPO financing can get complicated, but fortunately at this IPO, most of the various classes of shares were converted to just regular stock, which makes things a lot easier. A few of the early players decided to cash out around the IPO, and several of the insiders appear to be doing regular sales, probably through a plan like we mentioned before, and none of this is that surprising, given the company's age, the IPO, and the stock run-up, so I made some notes about it and decided to keep going. In the game development community, you can't really go anywhere without hearing about Unity. Game devs absolutely love that Unity is free and easy to get started with, and there's a wealth of online tutorials about using it to build video games. Unity has managed to stay very creator-friendly, and with the community focused on getting a high-quality game engine with physics and console and mobile support, which Unity leaves free until you pass $100,000 a year in revenue, this led to a large vocal community of game makers that champion the product and are familiar with the toolset. While most Unity customers are not paying for the products, in the last quarter, there were about 900 of them that each generate more than $100,000 a year in revenue who do, none of which contribute more than 10% of all revenue on their own. Unity splits this up into what it calls the Create segment for products relating to getting a video game built, and the Operate segment for products relating to having the game available and possibly revenue generating. These segments and the smaller Services segment are collectively on track to generating a billion dollars in revenue this year, and they've diversified globally into roughly equal parts between the Americas, EMEA, and Asia-Pacific. While they've been growing at a whopping 40% a year, management has guided that they believe they can continue to grow by at least 30% a year for the next 10 years. 
After their IPO and some large expenses, they still have over a billion dollars on their balance sheet, leaving more than enough money for operations. Of concern is that they have just over a billion dollars in stock compensation outstanding with lots of insider activity as discussed earlier, but it seems like most of the players that really wanted to get out at the IPO already have. Their CEO, John Riccatello, is a veteran of the gaming industry, originally coming from Electronic Arts. He's been focused on maintaining investment in R&D and future adjacent growth industries and art tools, having referred to art tooling as, quote, the ammunition in this war is art. Expect to see continued investment in tooling and platforms as they continue to reap the benefits of supporting all major gaming platforms today with just a single code base and converting their funnel of community game developers to those that generate more than $100,000 of revenue. Now there is a lot of competition in the game development space, including free tools such as Cocos and Godot and the semi-free Unreal Engine if you list your games in the Epic Games online store. But none of these platforms comes close to the Unity tooling in terms of approachability and developer mindshare. While each engine has carved out a niche, such as first-person shooter games in Unreal or 2D games in Cocos, Unity already has a pipeline from education on centered around their products and their much simpler to use C-sharp based development environment. In its simplest case, I view Unity as having the same growth trajectory that Flash did, which was to say nearly 20 to 30 years in the market. Given that developers are hesitant around retooling when something is working just fine for their business. With around 5 billion monthly active users based on downloads of games built on their product, there's already a lot of momentum, and I like their play as selling picks and shovels for the gaming industry. The stock has pulled back quite a lot this year, probably due to the tough year-over-year -year comparisons against the COVID lockdowns, when games and app downloads were at their all-time highs. Looking at quarter-over-quarter -quarter growth, detailed in the show notes, with a well-tested CEO that's committed to the space, and the adjacent simulation industries that Unity has been developing, including the AR and VR platforms that they support, I think Unity has a good chance of keeping to that 30% annual growth that management has been guiding. The stock isn't cheap at 35 times sales, but between their full-service suite and their developer mindshare, I think there's more here than the market has priced in. Given all of this, Tidal River is going to take a position in Unity this week. I included a more detailed version of all of this in a spreadsheet linked from the show notes. While this is a fairly risky stock, Unity seems to be the market leader that's well-placed to take advantage of growth in the gaming world, and I'm putting my money where my mouth is. If you like the podcast and want to see more content like this get created, feel free to subscribe on your favorite podcast app as soon as it's available or buy a photo from TidalRiverInvestments.com. Money earned on the photos gets deposited in the investment account. As always, Tidal River Investments and I are not financial advisors, market analysts, or otherwise in any way offering advice for or against any of the securities discussed. Please meet with a financial advisor for that information. Stocks and funds may not be good investments for you depending on your financial situation. We're here for learning, not advice. And I wish you the best on your financial journey. And remember, Tides fluctuate.